Welcome to the Kaiju Transmissions podcast. My name is Kyle Bird. And I'm Matt Parmley. Uh, nice of you to join us, Matt. <laughs> uh, yeah, in, in typical podcast fashion, I was I was very late due to children issues. It's all right. Those happen. They do. Um, and with us, we have a co-host... Uh, in the form of Kevin Derendorf. How are you doing, Kevin? Hello, hello. I'm uh, excited, as always, to be here. All right. And um, we are going to talk about Skull Island. Um, Not Kong Skull Island. That's a movie. This is just Skull Island. And that is the Netflix animated series... That came out last week. Um, notice I did not use the term anime. Um, because <laughs> yeah. dis- <laughs> despite what uh, Netflix and Legendary uh, <laughs> have said in their you know uh, advertising, um, this is not anime. In fact, I'm not sure if there's a single Japanese person on the staff. Um, and, uh, it's Powerhouse, which is the studio that did, uh, Castlevania, which also, uh, not an anime. Yeah, Netflix had this whole really lame, uh, documentary that they did where they were trying to, uh, sell the concept of anime. It was called Enter the Anime. I remember. Um, I didn't watch that. I remember that, though. Oh well, yeah, nobody should watch it. But um, it was, <laughs> it, it, it was, it, you know, it was talking about the hottest anime creators, and then it had like the Castlevania guy, like this this guy's from Austin, Texas. <laughs> this is not, uh, this is not anime. But it's it's very convenient for them because anime is a is a it's like a branded term. It's something that they can, uh, they know they have a built in audience that they call something anime, uh, which is unfortunate. Yeah, it's but, like a buzzword. Mm-hmm. So that's why it behooves them to uh, change the uh, change the terminology to something that uh, is easier for them to outright own, rather than you know stuff that they are licensing from from studios overseas. Yeah. Um. Uh, I guess before we get into that, I mean, there's a couple super quick news items we can discuss. Um, I think. Uh. The funniest one is probably uh, 
Toho are doing a crowdfunding for a new Jet Jaguar suit for uh, Wakasa to make. Um, for uh, when you know one of those anniversary shorts, um, and uh, yeah, if it's like the Gigan one, you know, it's not going to meet its goal whatsoever, and then they're just going to make the short anyway and put it online for twenty four hours or forty eight hours or whatever, and then make it just vanish into the into the into the ether. Um, I don't know why. Why do they keep doing this? <laughs> I guess because like fans keep giving them money, and they figure any money is better than no money. Yeah, I'm I'm just particularly <laughs> amused by this one because it's um, you know, it's the 50th anniversary of Godzilla versus Megalon, which you will notice is not called Godzilla versus Jet Jaguar or <laughs> and Jet Jaguar or anything like that because you know Megalon is nominally supposed to be the uh, the big monster in that, but they have not said anything about Megalon. It's just the Jet Jaguar project. So. Yeah, I, I I bet the short will be like that. Final Wars Godzilla and Megalon fighting like Gigan or Hedera or something like that. Like. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'd almost rather see, no offense to Jet Jaguar, but I don't know. I'd almost rather see a Megalon suit. Um, I don't know. Some, 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 uh, financial guy who gets paid way too much probably, like, ran some numbers and found that Jet Jaguar toys sell, like, a fraction more than Megalon toys or something. What if they like message Subarai and were like, "Hey, can we borrow an Ultraman suit and repaint it like Jet Jaguar?" And that's going to be the suit. <laughs> make a, you know what you know what they they should do is uh, make a, a a red Aron suit. Yes, I'd love that. There you go. I, I'd watch that. Um. Yeah, no, something like that would be would be cool. But yeah, I don't know. And uh, I don't know. The these shorts are. I don't know. I wish I wish there was a little more to them, but I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I we're whenever they'd probably want that done for, by Godzilla Day, right? When did they do the Gigan one? Was that earlier in the year? Because Godzilla Day is like it was a it was a Godzilla Day uh, thing. So I mean, they they cranked it up, but I mean, it's. There's no plot. There's right, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no script, basically. It's just a special effects sequence. So. Yeah. Uh, and if you remember how Godzilla movies are historically made, like they tend to be. That's true. Uh, on on the quick side. But yeah, I don't know. I, it would be. I mean, seeing what some of these kids are doing, making you know independent kaiju shorts. Uh, it'd be cool to see one that's more than just you know a little fight scene. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, and, uh, I guess in a couple weeks, I think we're probably going to get something for the, the new movie because Toho are doing that little countdown on Twitter where like they count down from Shin Godzilla, uh, 29 and then 30 will be the new one. So I don't know. It would be nice if we got like a full trailer and not like I don't know, like a four second teaser of people running or something. Because um, that movie is also coming out very soon. I mean, five months or whatever, but you know, in, in movie time, that is soon. 
Yeah, I think the 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 Shin Godzilla trailer was about four months out from the release, so I, yeah. I think that. With uh, Shin Godzilla, it was a little bit more. It was a little a little different because there were still like posters and. You know, I think I think by by then, you know, some of the marketing and like tie-in stuff had kicked in, and this is just kind of like radio silence. It is a little surprising that we still don't know what the movie's titled or the cast. Even that's weird mm-hmm. to me. Um, Chiller. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know there was some rumored cast members like ages ago, but it, that's been so long, I don't even remember who was on there. Um, uh, anyway, uh, we'll see where that leads us. Um, and then, uh, something's kind of cool. Pluto announced they have a 24-7 Godzilla channel, um, that's gonna be launching in July. Um, and, uh, they have every Toho film except King Kong vs. Godzilla, um, from 54 through Final Wars. And they also have the TriStar and Hanna-Barbera cartoons and the Rebirth of Mothra trilogy. Um, I mean, I own all those movies, but that's, you know, I don't know. if That's kind of cool. If I channel surfed on Pluto a lot, I would probably find my way there every now and then. So does this mean uh, if and when some hesty G's? Man, I'm tired. Uh, Hey, say Godzilla release happens. People are going to be like, oh, I can just watch these on Pluto. I don't need to buy this. Uh, I mean, they'll buy it because they buy anything. But um, it is interesting that, uh, I mean, uh, my assumption is that they went through one licensor for all of those films. Um, And I I know that... uh, a certain prestige label was working on getting the Heisei films, but what's interesting is that um, the Millennium films are included in here too, as well as you know the Mothras and and the cartoons and stuff. So um, I don't know. I, I'm not saying that does or doesn't mean anything, but but we'll see um, and hope for the best. I mean, some of those like the I you know the Mothra trilogy, for instance, would probably just get kind of tossed onto their streaming channel the same way that uh i don't know there's a like matango and a war of the gargantuas and stuff are on there but anyway uh there's that um but uh anyway let's let's talk about this uh kong skull island or god damn it it's just skull island kong skull island is the movie um so it, it this is Kong didn't appear in this show at all, actually. <laughs> so this is the uh, the monster versus first foray into television, and it is uh, um, the first animated entry, I guess, in in the monster verse. Um, King Kong has had. A rough time in animation. (laughs) Um, The original Rankin-Bass show has some charms, uh, I guess. Um, But, you know, I don't know that I would say it's good. Uh, And then um, there was the 2000s animated series. Uh, 
And then there was the previous Netflix animated series uh, that Avi, Arar, uh, Avi Arad's company did, which was uh, King of the Apes or whatever. Um, all of the, and also, oh yeah, The Mighty Kong, the musical animated film. Um, it, so the, yeah, that's about as rough as it gets. Um, the track record is uh, very uh, poor. <laughs> so um, there's almost nowhere to go but up. Um, it's funny because I think all of those previous ones qualify more as anime. <laughs> well, yeah, the oh, Rankin Bass one was like legitimate anime, yeah, more that or less. Was, that was Oi. So. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, um, so uh, this is there's eight episodes. Each one's about twenty minutes. Um, so it's a fairly quick watch. Um, and uh, the uh, writer who uh, wrote every episode and also the main showrunner is uh, Brian Duffield. Um, that uh, I think horror circles uh, are more familiar with him, but um, uh, people that are on top of their giant monster cinema uh, would know him as uh, the writer of um, Underwater as well as Love and Monsters. Um, which are two movies that uh, I know a lot of people regard very highly. Um, but he's also written some other stuff, uh, more like horror comedies. Uh, the Babysitter is one, Spontaneous is another one. Um, uh, and uh, let's see, this was announced... Um, January of 2021. Um, so this has taken a while. Um, uh, that, that seems to be Netflix's model. They'll they'll announce something and then you hear nothing for years, and then suddenly <laughs> there's a trailer that says like, "Hey, this is coming out in two weeks." Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, they, I don't know why they do that. Um, yeah, we didn't get a. Yeah, it was pretty much radio silence after that, um, and and then. Uh, yeah, it was like, oh, this is coming out June 22nd. Um, that June 22nd release date, it looks like, was made on May 23rd. <laughs> so, yeah, it was like, there's barely anything. And then uh, they gave us a couple trailers it, 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 literally about one month ago. Uh, less, or, or, or less, uh, with, I think, the full-length trailer. And they're like, oh, here it is. And then, you know, that's just Netflix's thing. Um, uh, and, uh, from what I understand, the second season is already written, um, but, uh, Netflix hasn't, was waiting for viewership in order to give the green light. That's what Brian Duffield said on Twitter. Yeah, Um, written and recorded, so. Yeah, I saw that too. What does that, does that, what does that mean? Does that mean that the actors did it already? Uh, that's, yeah, that's how I would interpret that. Um, you know, the animation is what's obviously going right, to take right. most time. Um, but, um, yeah, with, with this kind, kind of animation, they would be, um, they would be voice acting it to basically animatics. So that's, I mean, the animation itself is going to take a while, but in terms of the, the rough outlines that would already be done. Okay. Um, interesting. And I, and, you know, I know that I was even kind of surprised that, uh, this like last week, 
Um, this was in the Netflix top ten. Um, uh, for for I don't know if it's still there, but it was it was in there for a few days. Which, I mean, I that's you know better than I would have imagined. So, um, so yeah, it, it, and if it's written already, I guess uh, I don't I don't know. I know streaming and residuals of streaming stuff is a huge hot button issue with the writer's strike but um if it's written then you know <laughs> you know the the writers aren't striking so i guess or they are striking but if it's already written that you know might not be an issue um anyway um a lot of the voice cast i don't know it's like a 50/50 of people i'm familiar with and people i'm not um I'm- with basically everybody in the voice cast. Yeah, the kids I don't know, but uh, we have Benjamin Bratt as Cap. Uh, he's the, the 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 one kid's dad. Uh, we have Betty Gilpin um, from Glow as Irene. Uh, we have Phil Lamar as Sam. Samurai Jack. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Phil Lamar is a, uh, he's voiced everything. Um, and uh we have uh John DiMaggio as uh Wells who was one of the mercenaries. Um so those are the folks I know. Um uh Japanese dub credits are on uh Wikipedia too. Um and it's probably a bunch of people Kevin would know, <laughs> but um, oh, I, I, haven't, I haven't looked into the Japanese dub credits, but like just the the English voice cast, uh, so so Nicholas Cantu, I guess that's how you pronounce it. The 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 lead actor, uh, he was he was Gumball on Amazing World of Gumball. Oh, uh, okay. And ki- kind of one of those child actors that people have been like, well, w- what's he up to? So I guess we we know now. <laughs> um, uh, Darren Barnett, uh, the guy that voices Mike, he is. Netflix has a new Usagi Ojimbo or Samurai Rabbit uh, series, and he voices the lead in that. And the guy that voices his dad in this is also like his ancestor in that show. So <laughs> it's kind of a kind of a neat uh, synergy on that front. Uh, and then the I think the 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 big name is is May Whitman, who oh yeah 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 in so much stuff, you know. Uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender, um, uh, the the Owl House. She's basically doing the same voice <laughs> that she does in the Owl House. In in this, uh, she was uh, she was Roxy in um, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Um, she was actually in an episode of Godzilla: The Animated Series, um, the the nineties one. So yeah, she's in a bunch of stuff. Um, she was also the little kid in uh, the little girl in uh, Independence Day, right? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was. I mean, uh, I I thought it was kind of shitty that they didn't bring her back for the sequel. I don't know why they did that, but um, anywho, um, not that it super matters, and I guess we'll kind of get into that later. Um, but this takes place uh before Godzilla vs Kong, but after Skull Island. So uh, in like the nineties is when it's supposed to take place. Um, I say that I don't think it matters just because, like, 
I don't know, it's never brought up in the, the like all MonsterVerse things, if I'm being honest, um, the ties, it doesn't tie super into anything we've seen. There's not, you know, the, the MonsterVerse continuity is almost like the Showa Godzilla continuity at this point, where it's like, it's kind of, sort of connected, but like the connections aren't super strong. Um, so, uh, our setup for this series is, uh, we have, uh, our, uh, uh, these two kids, Charlie and Mike, uh, their dads are, like, cryptozoologists, I guess? Um, I'm not sure how that sustains, uh, like, uh, you know anything because i don't know that's not like an actual job but I, well, I don't maybe know. the monster verse it is yeah right yeah maybe in the monster verse it's just like you know my dad's a fisherman or something um and uh they are sailing as uh cryptozoologists do i guess um and they are attacked by a big squid this kraken monster um the one kid's Mike, kid Mike, his dad gets killed. Um, however, this is all after they rescue a girl named Annie. Um, uh, the first thing we see in the show is her escaping. Um, she uh, another uh, boat f- with armed mercenaries. She's been kidnapped. We don't know why. Um, and uh, she like sets that boat on fire and jumps in the water and then she gets rescued. Um, so, uh, anyway, uh, this Mike kid's dad gets killed by this, uh, Kraken creature. And, um, uh, basically it messes up their ship and they are shipwrecked on Skull Island, um, where, uh, they quickly find they're not alone. Um, in addition to, all kinds of horrifying creatures. There's also uh, this woman, Irene, who is looking for Annie, and she is uh, also has a, a posse of armed uh, guards hanging out with her. And um, from there, we just kind of see our characters um, kind of uh, go through each episode and... Uh, eventually reunite because they're split up and uh we learn some secrets and plot twists along the way um now uh i didn't mention king kong in that synopsis because he's not super present (laughs) um he's there uh but he doesn't do a whole lot and the the plot itself isn't quite about him, um, as opposed to, I don't know, you Godzilla singular, singular Point, which has not a whole lot of Godzilla, but the, the plot and the story is more or less all about, you know, what Godzilla is. Um, Kong is just kind of hanging out here, um, and, uh, you know, he, he interjects and saves the day when he needs to. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll get into spoiler territory, I imagine, as we... Uh, move forward, but um, but that's the show, um, and uh, yeah, I guess we'll just start with uh, what our kind of um, 
uh, first thoughts, uh, overall impressions are. Um, Matt, why don't you kick us off? I liked it. <laughs> I liked it a lot, actually. Um, so I'll, I'll get my few negatives out of the way first. Um, not a huge fan of some of the animation. In fact, there's a couple sequences where, like, the the background uh, it looks like a, a bad like CGI green screen thing. Um, but all that said, like I think the story is fun. I think the characters all have arcs. Uh, I would say that these are probably the best characters in the MonsterVerse, which is not a high bar by any means. But I think this is the best uh, best set of characters probably the MonsterVerse has to offer. I think Annie is very charming. Um, and, you know, we learn that she's effectively orphaned. And uh, as she grows up, she's able to communicate and speak very well. But she doesn't understand what things are. So, like, when stuff comes up in conversation, like therapy, she's like, what's therapy? And there are little gags throughout the, the show like that. Um, I really liked Love and Monsters. And uh, this does remind me quite a bit of that. I think it has um, a, a lot of heart. And... You know, for a very short, you know, episodic show, um, I thought it was actually really fun. It was fairly gory. There's actually quite a bit of human death along the way. Uh, some kind of almost nihilistic at times for like just some, some wild stuff happens. That's that's pretty interesting. I do think it's fair uh, towards towards the end of the show, you start seeing more of Kong. And I wish that he was more present throughout the, the show. I do think that's a fair quibble. Not because... Um, like you can tell a story without him, but the way that they bring there's essentially two stories, two kind of separate stories, but you don't realize it until close to the end. And the way they bring those together is fine, but I wish that there would have been. I think there was a better way to do that, and we'll talk about that probably towards the end of the podcast and some changes I think you can make to make the story better. But um, overall, I had a lot of fun. I watched it with Landon; he liked it too. So we watched it over a period of like two days. Um, so we kind of marathoned it, but he was engrossed and, and enjoyed it. So, like to me, it's capturing on the main audience, and I thought it was pretty, pretty likable. Okay, um, Kevin, overall uh, general impressions. Yeah, I also like it, and I, I echo uh, what what Matt said in terms of like I was disappointed with the level of the animation. I noticed a couple like little animation mistakes here and there and then just some places where it just didn't look particularly good uh i think part of that was that big thing and it was constantly compared to castlevania because that was their their big hit but if you look at like who's actually working on it this is like the crew that worked on uh seis manos on uh which is also on netflix and i think kind of like putting that as a frame of reference it, it makes a little bit more sense that like yeah they, they kind of maybe didn't have quite the budget. <laughs> they didn't have Castlevania money to work with on this. Um, in terms of the, you know, the story structure and plot, I, I kind of was able to, to, to get behind the characters. I, I thought some of them were, were a lot of fun. Uh, it wasn't quite up there with the, with the previous skull Island thing in the monster verse, but it, it was congruent. It, it, it feels like it kind of belongs in the same world. Um, and actually, in terms of fitting into the MonsterVerse, I think it might actually feel a little bit more so than the other uh, Kong Skull Island did, just in terms of, like, it's all about, like, 
oh, this family got split up and they're looking for each other, which is this the thing that the, the MonsterVerse really likes to do for, <laughs> for some reason. Um, and uh, yeah, in terms of the, the the pantheon of Kong cartoons, I think it's, uh, you know, definitely, uh, as you were saying, on the, the stronger end of the spectrum. Um, <laughs> it's it's got to be the best one, right? <laughs> yeah. Although, again, it's, it's interesting. All the Kong cartoons feature a teenage boy as the main character. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty much right there with you guys. I mean, I, uh, I guess I'll get my negatives out of the way because I think some of them might differ from, from you guys. I mean, uh, I'm with you guys on the animation, um, which honestly generally wasn't too bad, but whenever they go for CG um, environments that the characters or the monsters have to interact with, it, that's when it starts to look pretty bad bad um uh especially um you know they use a lot of like cgi water and stuff like that uh there's one episode towards the end where um annie's she's got a giant dog that is kind of her protector and her best friend Uh, he's like uh you know um getting washed away in a flood or something and that just that looks like a cardboard cutout of a dog <laughs> in front of like some CGI water. There's, there's uh, th- you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff like that, that every time, uh, it happens, I was like, ugh. um, uh, the, the 2d animation is, is a little bit better and, uh, not anything to write home about. It's not, you know, strikingly gorgeous or anything, but it, it's fairly serviceable. Um, I would surprise the color palette, like, yeah, very like bright and vibrant, which is not something you tend to see with these sort of things. Yeah, and and you know, for a a jungle series, you know, that's preferable too. Um, like I said, I mean, uh, I mean, I I, I don't want to sound like one of those guys. Um, and I like I said, I know the show isn't Kong's name isn't in the show uh, title, but um, it would have been nice to see him have more of an effect on the. Um, the actual storyline and the thrust of the story. Um, instead, he's just kind of, you know, he shows up to beat up the bad monsters, and other than that, he's just kind of hanging out. I mean, you could kind of make this, you know, this could be any uh, Lost Island thing. It doesn't have to be like, it's like, okay, why is this a King Kong story? You know, and it really isn't. Um, and then uh, I think um, one thing that is... I don't know, maybe a little more grating to me than you guys is um, the dialogue. It, it's, uh, well, I, I guess Brian Duffield is is kind of, he, if you've seen his other work, he is kind of known to have a, a, an almost, more of a, more of that post-Joss Whedon-y uh, kind of quippy dialogue. And um, this is extremely quip-heavy, um, which doesn't have to be a bad thing, Um my my issue with that kind of writing, and it's something that that bothers me about Joss Whedon's writing as well, because um, I guess this is this is really something that he like, you know, that's Whedon's thing. Uh, but issue that I have with Whedon as well is that um, when every character is constantly quipping and making one liners and uh, and things like that, the they the the characters start to kind of blend in together and become a little interchangeable um 
the dialogue becomes interchangeable when everything's equipped. So um, I, I, that's like my hang up with with the dialogue. And some of it lands, and some of it doesn't. Some of the the humor uh, actually had me laughing. Other parts of the humor was like, uh, that's you know, you know, not needed here, and and was more cringy. Um, now, uh, with that being said about the dialogue and, and characters, you know, at their, at their worst moments, it's almost interchangeable. Um, I'll piggyback on Matt and saying that, um, these are probably some of the stronger characters the MonsterVerse has had. I would say it's like Brian Cranston in the 2014 Godzilla, and then like John C. Riley and Sam Jackson in the Skull Island movie, and then like this cast. Like that's that everyone else is almost like trash, <laughs> really. You know, uh, I would give points to Sarazawa, but uh, the second movie made him into an idiot. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, uh, uh, and yeah, but it's a quick watch and it's a fun watch. I I, I know. Um, I was I I I saw Brian Duffield say that you know. Um, he kind of wanted it to have the feel of a Saturday morning cartoon that you would have watched in the, you know, eighties, nineties as a kid, um, and uh, it definitely tonally, tonally, it feels very much like a Saturday morning cartoon. I mean, you know, in my head, I can imagine what a block of like, you know, Spider Man the animated series, uh, Godzilla the series, Skull Island. You know, I, I can I can imagine in my head what, you know that would look like if, you know, you were a kid sitting down with a bowl of cereal on a Saturday morning. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, the, uh, kids will like it. Um, it is weird. Um, I'm going to ask you guys what you think. Um, cause you know, I've noticed, uh, you know, just, you know, the, the marketing and, um, you know, uh, the descriptors on, um, different you know, websites, plot summaries, stuff like that. Um, and also the, the show has a rating of TV 14. Um, and I, and I've seen a few places even refer to it as a quote unquote adult animation show, or, um, even something that like, Oh, you know, uh, kids above 15, 16 will like it. But like this, there's a couple moments of, of, uh, very light gore, um, but nothing worse than you would see in like, you know, a Jurassic Park movie. Um, so I'm not sure where that's coming in. I think younger kids are probably going to like this the most. Uh, so I watched it with Landon and I will say that for like, so, so like Ultraman dismembers monsters and we don't blink. Uh, <laughs> yes, this has, does. this has a few... This has a few, like, there's a human, like, the remains of a human leg. You see a couple people just get straight up eaten. Yeah. Um, like, I wouldn't say, like, it's overly graphic or anything, but I would say it's more violent than most U.S. Yeah. cartoons in that respect. Yeah. It's so, stuff like, that you'd see in a dinosaur movie, you know? Yeah, but, like, I would say it teeters the line between being, like, TV-14 or slightly below that. I mean, Landon watched him was fine, so... Yeah. Um, I, I think it's uh, it's uh, it's honestly using that like mature rating thing as as a again like a branding technique. Yeah, um, and it's that's a good point. It's similar to 
if you ever watch like uh, an anime dub made in the UK in the 80s or 90s, they'll just throw in a bunch of random profanity, and that's because they were trying to get a higher rating so that they like appeal to like the edgy teenage, you know. Um, and that's what that's what Netflix wants to you know define anime as. It's you know cartoons for adults as opposed to you know cartoons from yeah. Japan. <laughs> that's very uh, 90s of yeah, them. It, it very much <laughs> is. Silly kids in their anime brings mangoes. me back to uh, brings me back to. Uh, the sci-fi channel Saturday anime uh, marathons where, you know, the whole thing was like, it's not for kids. And it's like, oh, should I be watching this? And, you know, put on like Akira or... Jenna uh, Cyber. What's that one? Li- <laughs> Lily Cat? Yeah. It was like the thing, an anime version of the thing, practically. Um, uh, anyway, um... Yeah, but yeah, there there's some things in here that uh, are are curious to me as far as uh, how it fits in with the MonsterVerse and stuff. So, like, if this is like twenty years or so or whatever after Skull Island, you know, uh, you know, wouldn't I don't know? You would think Monarch would like have like a presence there or like. Uh, I don't know, I don't want to say, like, roped it off or something, but but almost like, you know, Monster Island and Destroy All Monsters, how there's, like, you know, humans there, everyone knows about it. Um, you know, there's people working there, watching the monsters. Um, so, I don't know, after Skull Island, did the, the movie, did they just, were they just like, oh, like, who cares? Yes. <laughs> it's, it's you know, they're just on some different part of the island. But this is my this is my head cannon. You know, this is just kind of like yeah. hand waving explanations. Uh, you know, as is always with the monster verse, there's pieces that you kind of question how they all add add up and fit together. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Like I said, even the movies have stuff like this where I'm like, wait a minute. You know, I, I thought the Mutos were supposed to be this ancient, you know, Godzilla parasite thing that no. only exists, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you get the Queen Muto um, now, or whatever that thing's called. Actually. Yeah, whatever it is that has, like, no relationship <laughs> to Godzilla, apparently. Um, uh, the The only thing, like, there's not the giant weird storm thing around the island. Uh, they do talk about Hollow Earth. I bet that made you real they excited. Do, yeah. That made you real excited, didn't it? Bert? Um Brian Duffield said that they would be exploring more Hollow Earth stuff in season two, but not there's not gonna be a lot in the Hollow Earth, but I so I don't know if that's just gonna be some kind of exposition or more monsters come from from the Hollow Earth or whatever. Mm. Um He also he also said the storm like was something they thought about and like um he said like you know, it, it's it, it it'll come up in season two, but it was really just something that he was just like, eh, we're not like, we're not worried about it. We got to get people on this island. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they, they did incorporate, which I'm okay with. Uh, they did incorporate very well, I think. The how many of the the Skull Island creatures are like plant animal hybrids? Yeah, the uh, the monsters. Um, because I, I think I don't think we see a lot of the ones we saw in the movie. We see the carcass of the buffalo thing, and uh, everything else I think is new. But they all feel very in line with the monsters we saw in the movie. Um, uh, you know, there's uh, big uh, crocodiles and centipedes and crabs and stuff. But there's also like uh, 
you know, there's like a weird turtle thing that kind of has, you know, uh, these uh, plants growing on it and, um, you know, these little bugs that uh, they look like big rocks, but they're like geodes, but like inside they're it's a bug. Um, stuff like that all feels like stuff you could have seen in the movie. Um, uh, the, uh, uh, addition of, uh, Kong has a friend that's like a big, uh, bird, <laughs> basically, that like brings them stuff. Um, I actually thought that was a really fun addition that, you know, uh, you know, I like that he has like a another creature that he's you know I guess cool with on the island. You know, usually we see Kong just all alone, but you know it's nice that he has like a I don't know a, a pet hawk or something. Yeah, like he's a falconer or something. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. The the there is. I guess I guess we're gonna talk more into spoilery territory here. So you know, if anyone hasn't watched it yet, you know, turn this off and then come back. But uh, um, Kong, we don't get a lot of Kong until like uh, it's either the second or third to last episode where there's it's a flashback episode all about Kong and um, you know this community of um, I guess ship people that have shipwrecked on Skull Island, you know, over time. Um, and there's this, uh, uh, Spanish or, I don't know, she speaks Spanish, uh, the Spanish girl that is, you know, his friend is, you know, Kong makes human friends. It's a thing that he's always done. And, um, uh, you know, this, how she gets killed and Kong uh, holds on to the, like her necklace, um, I don't know, uh, these streaming, th- this happens with streaming shows a lot, where, like, kind of in the middle of a season, you'll just get, like, something about characters we've never seen before, this, like, a isolated mini-story that really has very little to do with the rest of the story. Um, the Mandalorian just did it last season. Uh, <laughs> there, I always... Re- I always remember that crazy, uh, like, X-Men ripoff episode of Stranger Things that was in the second season. Oh. That, like, just went nowhere. Like, um, I don't know. It, like, I guess, I guess you know, it's a, it's a decent enough Kong story, that just that little 20 minutes, but it's like, do we, did we really need all that just to see why he had this attachment to this necklace? Um, that they, that, you know, it was basically a MacGuffin in the next episode or whatever. Um, so I don't know. That was that was a minor irritation for me, just because like I don't know. I'm kind of just tired of shows doing that all the time. <laughs> I I agree. I feel like it, it very much felt like a uh, well, we, we gotta we gotta have Kong time now, uh, as opposed to uh, you know something that was was moving the plot forward. And you know maybe it was just oh, we need to have eight episodes, so you know one episode can be about this. Yeah. It, it was also weird to me because, like, at least in this version of Kong, um, there's like a it, it, like so uh, like you know usually you just see you know oh the the film crew or uh, you know whatever expedition goes to Skull Island and they come back and uh, um, this this version has like uh, so in the last movie. 
we saw the the wreck of a ship um, on on the beach, and then there was John C. Riley and um, the Japanese uh, fighter pilot or whatever, and then there was the main cast, and then in this show we have uh, this set of characters, and then there's also at least one other wreck that's like set up a community on Skull Island. It's like how many people are the MonsterVerse? Like people are always going to Skull Island or crashing on Skull Island. That's it's kind of like it's kind of weird. It's kind of like when you see like a, a new version of Batman, and you know, I remember the first time I watched the Nolan uh, Batman, like Batman Begins. I was like, wait a minute, like counting on my fingers. I was like, there's like four or five people that know he's Batman, <laughs> and thinking that was weird. Like that's how I feel about this. Like how many people are going to get stranded on this well, island? Wasn't the wasn't the Kong uh, MonsterVerse? The first comic also set in the '90s, where they have an expedition to Skull Island. I think so. Uh, I haven't read any of the MonsterVerse comics since the tie-in for the 2014 Godzilla, which I thought was so stupid that I just never picked up another one. Um, so yeah, I don't. I don't pay attention to a whole lot of that uh, expanded universe stuff, but that that sounds familiar. Um, there were definitely other characters involved and i think at least one character returning um um how did you guys feel about uh the uh i guess kind of twist because that was my guess um like i kind of figured it out i was kind of hoping it was going to be something else Uh, like i I was just kind of hoping they weren't going to go there but i i kind of um I'm more interested in the just yeah, I, I guess kind of the decision that she would uh so Annie Annie was with her father and um shipwrecked on a separate island which is where she met Dog uh and they lived together there forever I was more confused as to why her mom would go through all of that without ever telling her like, Hey, I'm your mom. Like why? I don't know why, you know, send armed guards to kidnap my daughter, bring her to a ship. And, uh, like I just am never going to tell her, (laughs) you know, I, I, I'm interested to know why she didn't go with, you know, why, why, you know, she didn't go with them and say, Hey, I'm your mom. Like that should have been the first thing she said, right? Why why did why prolong the telling her who she really is until like long after they've been acquainted and uh like that's like I think there's like 3 episodes left or something by the time she she tells her. I I I don't understand that. Yeah, like that's I, I it's one of those things where like they purposely don't do that, even though it's the most rational thing to do just to draw stuff out. It's like, you can resolve the plot immediately. So therefore they're (laughs) going to not do that. (laughs) But yeah, I think that's, I mean, I I think that's fair. You can hand wave a lot of like, why, why did she, you know, not go with the, with the, the mercenary guys just because, you know, she's not a mercenary, you know, it's, uh, they're going to know the way around the jungle. She'll slow them down, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But when we're first introduced to the character, like they're on a boat together, like they already have her. <laughs> so by that point, <laughs> yeah, they should have they should have gone to the bottom. Of this. Um, 
You know, it's funny, the, uh, uh, um, you know, we were just talking about how, like, the MonsterVerse doesn't, like, matter. And we've even joked, like, the continuity, I mean, like, we've even joked about, like, how, you know, they always say there's, like, people in charge of, like, the lore and, uh, you know, making sure everything connects. And we've joked about how, like, I don't know, they, like, don't do their jobs or whatever, but, uh... There was an interview with Brian Duffield where he said, um, you know, in the the, the flashback episode, um, the name of the boat was that he wanted to use was the Venture, which is, of course, you know, the classic, you know, ship um, in in King Kong. And, and Legendary uh, uh, said, uh, no, you can't use that because in the background of the Skull Island movie, there's already a boat there called the Venture. Uh, so we've used it already. So you can't use that. Um, and I just, like, that's so weird to me that, like, that's the kind of stuff that they'll step in and, like, be like, oh, whoa, 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 what do you think you're doing? But, like, this more stuff that, like, contradicts, you know, the previous movies and, and stuff like that, they, like, don't do anything about. You know, there can't be more than one <laughs> boat with the same name. That would be crazy. <laughs> um... <clears throat> but yeah, the uh the like I don't know, like you're, you anyone would probably watch it and be like, well, it doesn't need to be a monsterverse show, but um I mean that, that that's a complaint that I have seen, but I think that's going to also depend on how um cuz there is like a subset of fans that are into the monsterverse that are like really into the the novelizations and all the tie-in comics and the the lore of of all of it and 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 I think those are the ones that you know are are kind of having more of an issue than you know us like I I watch the movies and the shows and you know I'm 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 so used to them not connecting in every way that you know it just, stuff like that just doesn't matter to me I think my big complaint as far as the characters is the fact that I felt like they could have combined the, the Annie with the character that ends up, you know, big spoiler here, but like the, the character that dies off that ultimately Kong had bonded with at the end of the, of the show, which you find out is actually a flashback. Like they, they're the same sort of like the, the same dynamic that Annie has with dog. The other girl has with Kong. She ends up, getting killed by the monster um i felt like they were it was kind of repetitive and i sort of wish there would have been overlap between annie and kong and that dog would have been kong instead of do- whatever you know the the dog she- and like the dog is fine but like it just it felt like they did kind of cram the kong stuff in there now i will say the final battle and stuff was a lot of fun like that part was cool but it it is like that thing where like hey we have eight episodes we got to fit King Kong in here somewhere because that's the main selling point. So they show Kong in the trailers and then you don't see Kong for, I mean, he does show up, I think in episode two, he for comes like and eats a seconds. crocodile and, and then, then like you see a silhouette. Away, you know? <laughs> yeah. Is it, is it not <laughs> King Kong lives, right? The belly flopping crocodile. Oh, I love Why have Annie be, uh, you know, why, why? Cause, cause she, the island that she got stranded on as a child was like some sister island of Skull Island. It wasn't Skull Island. Um, 
and that was always like, you know, why not just make make her a, you know, stranded on Skull Island? I, that why why did she need to be um, on a different island? Well, I think there's there's a couple of issues. First of all, uh, this put her a little bit out of comfort zone, just like the other characters. Second of all, there's other people on Skull Island. So if she was stranded there as a child, she probably would have gotten, you know, absorbed into them, um, you know, in the same way that John C. Riley's character was. Um, but we just, like, there's no continuity yeah. here. It's fine. Like, you can, <laughs> I'm, the thing is, they only had those other Islanders on there for, like, 30 seconds. Two scenes or whatever in this show. Like, they're, they're there, but, like, not really. Um... Well, there's that like community of people somewhere. I don't know where that is in a, a uh, adjacent to where everything else is taking place, or if they're still there or, or what. Um, did they all get killed? I don't think they all got killed. I thought the idea was that they were that they okay. they had all. Been I only watched this off. once, so I yeah I, I would have to go back and rewatch that. I mean I I'm satisfied with that explanation though. Um, uh, let's talk about the ending, um, because we have, uh, again, you know, we're in spoiler territory, uh, they do get off the island, and then, uh, the, all we see at the end is Annie waking up in a hospital, and her mother is there with her, and she opens the door, or the, the window, and, or the blinds to the window, and, and she's like, where am I? And she's in a city, and she's asking where Dog is, and and then it ends. Um, it's almost kind of very. Uh, I don't know if this is a Netflix thing, but it almost reminded me of um, the last episode of Pacific Rim: The Black, where it's like, well, if they don't do another season, <laughs> the, yeah. this is pretty much pointless. Um, but uh, I don't know. I feel. I mean, knowing that the the second season is written and recorded, and that this was in the Netflix top ten for. A, for you know, last week, um, I feel like I feel like odds are in its favor for a second season. Um, but how did you guys feel about that being you know where where this ended? I have so many questions. <laughs> Mainly, I just hope that her mom ends up being like a villain of some kind, and that we find out like she she drops that she mentions the fact that one she's incredibly rich. And that's how she could afford to pay all these mercenaries. And two, anytime somebody dies, she seems to like legitimately just not care. And we, we never really find out why they were on the island, really, that I can think of. So we don't really have the whole backstory. So when she wakes up in the city um, and she's rescued from the islands, like, I was like, well, that's kind of interesting. But I hope like they do something with that. And that Kong shows. I, I don't even know what they would do, though, at that point. Well, She's a she's a botanist, she said, which is usually not a um, a high powered <laughs> career. But um, they, they were they were harvesting a lot of the animals. You know, they were bringing their their corpses back. The, the mercenaries were packing them up. So that could tie into one of those you know nefarious weapons programs that make uh, a see. make a chimera. That's what I want to see. Yeah. Um. Maybe she's going to combine uh, Annie and her dog <laughs> together, like the <laughs> alchemist. Well, I, yeah, I, I think it's either going to have, uh, you know, it, it could go into the more conspiratory um, 
you know, uh, stuff they're doing with, with the animals um, back at, you know, in the city, you know, bringing their bodies back, whatever. Or, you know, it could be Annie trying to get, you know, uh, Cap and the kids all back together to go back to Skull Island uh, and try to find Dog, who is missing. Or maybe Dog has been captured and... I don't know. Uh, it, it, it basically, it either stays in the city or it goes back to the island. Um, well, unfortunately, the show is called <laughs> Skull Island. So yeah, we we yeah we we'll, be- we're probably going to wind up back at the island. Um. Uh, but how did you guys feel about? Um, uh, I guess the I guess the the Kraken monster, the 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 big bad of of the season. Yeah, uh, it was it was neat. Um, it's, uh, I mean, I'd, I'd have to look at the the design sheets, but it gave me a very kind of like uh, bargain bin Cthulhu type of uh, vibe with the you know basically an octopus for a head and then sort of a more humanoid body. Um, but at least it wasn't just big animal, which would be kind of uh, depressing. I think it, it works well with some of the other kind of original MonsterVerse titans that we've yeah. gotten. It almost seems a little over-designed, but I, I, you know, but a lot of the a lot of the monsters in the series are, you know, oh, big crab, big snake, big crocodile. So um, when you when I've seen so much of that, that you know, something that is a little crazier like this. Um, isn't is a good kind of contrast. I uh, I agree with you, Bert. I, I do think there's like, holy crap! They kind of they were like, we couldn't decide which sea creature we wanted to use, so we just used all of them. <laughs> like, <laughs> but it would actually it, it actually reminds me of some of the unused um, Legion designs from Gamera Two, in a lot of ways. But I, I overall I really liked it. I thought it was a, a fun monster. Also, he's a giant dick, so he like. <laughs> throws whales across the island at Kong just because he wants to fight him and eat him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the whale throwing is, is, uh, it was, was pretty, pretty, pretty cool. That, yeah, it's pretty much just to taunt him. It's like, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I, I thought, I thought the battle was fun. Um, the battle was, enjoyed... the battle was fun. That, that's where you get a lot of the monster, a lot of monster violence. So, um, all right. Um, I don't know. We've, we've been going for, uh, about an hour here. I think we've, we've talked about quite a bit of it. What, um, uh, I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. How do you, you guys think we'll get another season? I hope so. Uh, again, I, I do not like this trend of ending things on cliffhangers with the hopes that they get renewed without uh, a guarantee. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure, I'm sure they could do like a follow-up comic or something like that, but uh, you know, they're going to, they're going to, they're (laughs) going to give us some terrible follow-up comic that then they're going to say, Hey, we want this, uh, what do they call that crowdfunding for this comic that we're also going to make public and everybody can pay for it after dropping whatever the, that was that whole like legendary omnibus thingy. They're going to give us another one of those just for this show. <laughs> um, 
Well, I don't know. Uh, you guys want to do ratings? Yeah, man. All right. Um, I guess I'll start. Um, so I'm going to give this uh, three... Uh, hmm. Three teenagers uh, that get sick halfway through the show and then don't do anything for the rest of the time um, out of five. Uh, characters are enjoyable enough. The show's pacing is good. It's a quick watch. Um, uh, but like I said, some issues with the dialogue and um, animation. Uh, you know, wanting to see Kong be a little more important to the story. Um those are all kind of big, my big things, and so, you know, I wish it was a little better, but um, uh, I, I enjoyed it. You know, would I watch it again or over and over? Probably not, um, but uh, I'm, I'm invested enough to want to see a second season. Um, uh, I, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to rate with, uh, with this kind of being, you know, half of the story and only going off of that but um but uh yeah i don't know i i liked it more than i thought i would and uh it's for for um better or worse it is very brian duffield but it is the best kong cartoon we've had so um yeah next. i uh i really liked it i'm gonna go three and a half um it does have some flaws, but honestly, I think it's just so charming, and I do think I, re- I just really liked the storytelling overall. Um, and with the final battle being as fun as it is, like I think it's a it's a solid three and a half. You can there's stuff to nitpick about, but like it's it's eight episodes for twenty minutes, and it got both my attention and Landon's. And so, like keeping the core audience, like I I, I think this is a win, and I'm looking forward to season two if it happens. All right, uh, I I had a had a better time than I was expecting to based on the the initial trailers. Um, I, I thought that the writing was really good. I think there's a lot of nuance to the characters. There's honestly there's stuff that I wonder how it's gonna gonna pay off or if it will pay off. You know, it's it seemed yeah. almost like they were setting up like a little uh, little love triangle between the three teenagers, maybe. Um, so we'll see if if anything comes out of that. Uh, then. Uh, and we'll, we'll, so I'll, I'll give it a, I'll give it a three out of a uh, three and a half out of five, um, ambiguous messages about whether teenagers should go to college. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's weirdly obsessed with going to college, isn't he? Um, that's, that's because this is the 1990s and he hasn't experienced <laughs> 2020 when college is he, like $2 million <laughs> a semester. Yeah. He, uh, the, yeah, he hasn't figured out that college is a waste of time yet. Um, Hey, I graduated from college. I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, all right. Well, yeah, we'll see what uh, season two uh, holds. Um, signs are looking okay so far for it. So hopefully, it gets done. And um, yeah, we'll we'll be here when it does. When it whenever it happens, when or if. All right. So uh, thank you for listening. Take it easy, everybody. Hey, monkey. <laughs>
Thank you for listening to the Kaiju Transmissions podcast. Please take a moment to rate and review us on iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher. Make sure to subscribe for all the latest episodes. You can also check us out on Twitter at KT underscore podcast. You can check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Kaiju Transmissions. And you can email us at kaijutransmissions at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments. And we will see you next time.